This book has been selected to guide you on your journey towards self-love. If you like it, you can get the full audiobook for free by taking Audible's 30-day free trial just by clicking the link in the description. Enjoy. Where does the world end? the father asked. His son Job wasn't prepared for being questioned. It was spring. Outside their tent, the first warm breezes carried the pleasant noise of birds and frisky lambs. The boy's friends were kicking a leather ball across the fields. I asked you a question. Job pulled at his sandal straps and stared at the carpeted dirt floor. The world ends at the city walls where the demons are locked out. This seemed reasonable to a ten-year-old. He had been warned about demons very early and their names such as Moloch and Astaroth stuck in his mind. Claws and fangs held a dread fascination. When the winter cold drove the shepherds back inside the city gates, Job felt trapped. But he was forbidden to venture where he might inhale a demon as easily as a gnat. His father shook his head. Try again. Where does the world end? A big man, Job's father, loomed over him. He wore a menacing look which was out of place in a weaver who was almost as easy with his children as a woman. This time, though, Job knew without thinking that the look was dangerous. The world ends where Judea meets the land of war, he replied. This had to be right. Their green valley, known as Uz, petered out into the brown scorching desert, like milk spilled from a jug that flows until the sand drinks it up. The difference was that the land of war drank blood. But his father still loomed. One last time, boy, where does the world end? Now the boy was tongue-tied with bewilderment. He lowered his eyes. Suddenly, he was struck a hard blow on the side of his head, hard enough to hurl him flat on the ground, where he lay very still. When he stopped seeing stars, Job stared at his father, who was bending over him, examining him the way you examine a wounded goat for maggots. The world ends here, his father grunted. He suspended his brawny arm over Job's face. Don't ever forget my fist. Why was he acting this way? There was no chance that the boy would cry. The blow was unfair. A pride known to small children rose in him. He had been insulted, and insults deserve contempt, not tears. But his father's fist remained clenched, and Job wouldn't risk a second blow. He bit his lip and wore a mask until his father, having made the point, straightened up and strode out of the tent without another word. He had dropped something and left it behind. A scrap of cloth, fine white wool with a purple stripe in it. Job only noticed it when his mother came rushing in, wringing her hands, which were wet from the washtub. There was no time to tell her what had happened. 
There wasn't time for a word, in fact, before her face crumpled and she let out a shriek. She grabbed up the scrap of cloth and pressed it to her cheek. Job was stunned. His mother was a dignified woman, the kind who turned away rather than watched a suckling baby. Job had never seen her anything but fully dressed. Suddenly, she tore at her black shift and almost ripped it away from her breast. It took a moment before her strangled sobs formed into a word the boy could understand. Rebecca. His sister? Why would his mother call out her name? In his confusion, Job was lost until a fact dawned, a simple fact now full of terror. His older sister wore a fine white undergarment. Purple dye from Tyre was expensive, but she was betrothed and the groom's mother had paid a visit. The two families were pleased with the match and before she left, the groom's mother presented Job's mother with a ball of purple yarn.